So the Lord has given us uh, a word for this year, coming from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Look at the person next to you, say it's a year of divine increase. And I believe it's not just a year of divine increase, it's a year of laying the foundations to have continual increase from here forward. Amen. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 6, which I should read it, look at somebody and say, Faith cometh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does fear come? Fear comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the enemy. So if you're filled with fear, it's because you've been listening to the wrong voice. And I encourage you to shut your television off. I encourage you to take the news and shut it down. Because there is no good news coming through the television. <clears throat> there is only bad news. And the Bible is full of the good news. Can I get an amen? And you've got to ask yourself, what am I focused on? Am I focused on the news of this world, which is always like this? It's like breakdancing. The world is constantly in, in, in motion, totally unstable. And if you have your mind, if you're feeding on all the bad that's happening in the world all around, you will live in fear and you will do nothing for the kingdom of God. Because you think it's the end, there's no hope, just give up. But what you have to do is you have to get into the Bible and you've got to find out what's going on in God's kingdom. And there is a lot of good things that are happening in God's kingdom. And things do not shift and they do not change. It is an unshakable kingdom. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is on the throne. The sun is shining. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? And while we were standing in worship, I realized that just like you can live in the glory of God, it's, it's a heavenly place. You can live in the lowlands. You can live in the badlands. You can live in the territory of the enemy, which is just full of shadows, doubt, and unbelief. And you've got to decide which land you're living in. Are you living in the promised land, the presence of God? Or are you living in the land of fear, the land of the enemy? And it's all about your consciousness. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I'm here to tell you today that the Word of God is seed. Look at the person next to you, say it's seed. <clears throat> and when the Word of God gets deposited into your heart, there comes a day when the Word of God comes alive on the inside of you. Look at the person next to you and say, meditate on the Word of God day and night. Keep it before your eyes. Do not let it depart from your lips. And observe to do all that is written therein. Then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. The Word of God, if you'll keep it before your eyes, in your heart, in your mouth, if you will hold on to it, and you will do what it says, you will prosper and have success in every area of your life. Can I get an amen? amen. Thank you, Jesus. And the Word of God is going to produce something that doesn't currently exist in your life. It is a seed that's going to produce a fruit that you've never had before. And I'm here to tell you, this is a season where we're planting something that's going to produce perpetual increase for the rest of your life. Can I get an amen? 
So Deuteronomy chapter 6, these are the commands, decrees, regulations that the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land that you're about to enter and occupy, and you and your children and your grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you, look at the person next to you and say, if you. There are conditions to the blessing and to these things that the Lord wants to give you. If you obey all His decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you. And you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey. Say abundance. Just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. We don't have any other God. Amen. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. The very same commandment in the book of Deuteronomy is found in the book of Matthew in the New Testament. Where Jesus is still telling us the same commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as you do yourself. It is through the whole Bible. It has not changed. And family, we need to make that decision that we're going to live to love God. Look at the person next to you and say, the way you love God is you obey God. Jesus said, don't call me Lord, Lord, and you don't obey me. Jesus says, people say they love me, say they worship me, say they honor me, but their hearts are far from me. It's just lip service. Prove by the way that you live that you love God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Commit yourself firmly, wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. So this is all the time. Uh, When can I take a break of talking about God? Never! Well, I don't feel like it. Look at the person next to you say, I don't live by my feelings. I live by faith. Talking about them at home, on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands, wear them on your foreheads as reminders. We need some bandanas. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Verse 10, the Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. Houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. Say increase. And when you have eaten your fill in the land, be careful, say warning, not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve Him. Amen. So we're here to live and serve the Lord. And so every year around October, September, October, the Lord begins to drop into my spirit a word for the new year for us and for this house. And last year, around that time, the Lord began to talk to me about divine increase. And the Lord showed me four pictures while I was praying. The first picture I saw was a wind blowing. And I knew when I saw the clouds blowing that it was the east wind. Everybody say the east wind. 
the, the second picture that the Lord showed me was an angel on a horse. He had a sword drawn and he was riding down a road into a battle. The third picture that the Lord showed me was the dark heavens, like this thick cloud of darkness. And there was a tunnel that I was able to see through the darkness into the glory of God. And the fourth picture that the Lord showed me was a tree. It was an almond tree, and on the almond tree, it was budding, and it was getting ready to produce fruit. He said, well, what is that? Good question. I love it. I love it when God talks to you. It's mysterious. And you've got to dig in deep, and you've got to go find what he's talking about. Who's had some dreams lately? Because I know we prayed two weeks ago that people would start having dreams. And I know people are starting to come to me and telling me they've been having dreams. People who've never dreamed before. Write your dreams down. The Lord is speaking to you and He's sowing seed into your heart about things to come. Can I get an amen? And so the first picture, the east wind blowing, if you go back to the Old Testament, what you're going to find is when Israel was at the Red Sea and there was no way for them to cross over and the enemies were behind them, there was an east wind that began to blow and it split the Red Sea and it made a way for them to get to the other side. I think that is so profound. You know why? Because for us to launch a club pure in South Africa, which is absolutely impossible for us, God had this east wind blowing that made passage for us to launch another business in another nation. That's, a, that's the east wind blowing to make a way where there seems to be no way. Tracy, Havana's mom, that we're, we've been believing for, for her to come for like three years now. She has a master's degree in theology. She has a master's degree in psychology. She's been working in Bible colleges in South Africa, some massive Bible colleges for 20 years. And we spoke to her about writing a curriculum to launch a Bible college for our school. So kids don't have to graduate before they go to Bible school. They can go through Bible school while they're coming to our Christian school and then graduate with their bachelor's in theology when they complete high school. Why wait to lay the foundations only when you leave school? And so we're believing for it, but we need a visa. We need this all to come to pass. Well, guess what? Her visa got approved. God made a way to split the ocean for her to come from Africa to America to fulfill what He wants to do. So you see, when, when God speaks these things, it's not mysterious. To every prophetic revelation, there has to be practical application. There has to be something that happens as a result of what God said. Otherwise, you've been smoking some bad weed. You thought you heard God, but you heard nothing. It was the pizza party. It was indigestion. Can I get an amen? So don't tell me God spoke and nothing happened. Because there's no way that God can speak and nothing transpires from the word of the Lord. Because Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 says, When the Lord sends out His word, it'll produce, it'll hit its target, and it won't return to Him void. And so, the angel on the, on the horse. This is a war angel leading us into battle, but just not any battle, into victory. Look at the person next to you and say, it doesn't matter what has happened in your life before, what lies ahead of you, what God is leading you into, you will have victory because the angels of God 
are going before you. That school in South Africa that we have launched, it will be victorious. It is established. The angels have gone before us. God has made a way to make sure that we have victory in what we put our hand to. Can I get an amen? And I tell you, we've never seen anything like it. Those of you who have been around with us and know, we've been talking about it. It is totally supernatural what the Lord has done. Amen. It was by His hand. It was by the Spirit. Then number three. We will be, there's going to be darkness all around us. But as the church of God, God is going to give us the ability to look through the darkness around us, to tap into the glory of God, to pull out strategies and structures from heaven to bring resolution and bring order to chaos. Look at the person next to you say, I bring order into chaos because that's what my God does. When God saw the earth without form, it was dark and it was void. This darkness was over the surface of the deep. God did not leave the world in that chaotic state. He spoke into it and He brought order. And as children of God, we're called to be a light in a dark place, to bring order into chaos. And there are strategies that you can tap into in heaven that are going to produce opportunities for you to have divine increase. And the angels of God are going before you. God is with you. And God is going to send that east wind to split things, to make a way where there seems to be no way. That is the season we're in. I'm ready to fall over right now. Drop the mic and go home. Haven't even finished with the almond tree yet. Those almonds. <laughs> Got to go to the almonds. And so the almond tree is the promises of God. They will bear fruit. Can I get an amen? amen? So that means the dreams, the visions, the prophetic words, the things that God has spoken to you in times past, those dreams will be manifest in this season and they'll begin to produce fruit. God's word will not return to him void. That's why I told you, open up your books. Find the dreams God has spoken to you in times past. Because in 2005, the Lord spoke to me. That was 17, almost 18 years ago, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I'm going to restore your family. You're going to start a business. You're going to expand the business. You're going to build a home debt free and you'll have an international ministry. That was 17 years ago. We're about to move into our house this month and we have an international ministry that has been launched. That means the things that God said in times past in this season are being produced and they're coming to pass. The almond tree, the promises of God will bear fruit in this season. And I'm here to tell you, you need to grab hold of the word of the Lord. And you need to say, yes, Lord, that belongs to me. And there's even words that have been spoken over me by my spiritual mom, Elsebe. She gave me this word last year on Mother's Day. And when she gave me the word, I was like, oh, it sounds too good to be true. It was one of those words, you know. It was one of those words where it was like, really, this is what the Lord has for me. I'm not sure if, if God can do this in me. But family, as long as you resist the word of the prophet, as long as you resist the word of the Lord, it'll never become evident in your life. 
Because the things that God has for you are so far beyond your understanding and your ability right now. But it's not done by my, your might, your power, your strength. It is done by the seed in the Word that will produce what you do not have. So all you have to do is say, God, I don't understand, but let it be unto me according to your Word. And so it's so powerful. My wife and I, we've been talking about this thing where we'll inherit We'll inherit uh, houses we didn't build, wells we didn't dig, vineyards we didn't plant. While we were in South Africa, launching Club Pure South Africa, an opportunity came up for us to buy a business. The business was already set up. The business had clients. The business had a process. Everything was up. It was running. It was operating. The lady that was selling the business, unfortunately was going through a divorce. They had to sell the house and she couldn't keep the business on her property anymore. Two shipping containers that were ready with everything it needs to produce microgreens. My wife and I have been talking about launching a farm to table concept here so that the food we produce on our property will go to the students. They'll be able to eat meals that are organic and wholesome and healthy. Can I get an amen? amen. As well as launching a farmer's market to provide stuff for our community. And so we went over to Pastor Rodney's. We took a look at Eden, a five acre property where they are growing things. We went and looked. We went and saw we started doing studying. We started believing the Lord. And while we were away, an opportunity came up to buy the business. And when we got back, we took two weeks to get the property ready. We dug trenches, ran electricity, ran water, did everything we needed to do. And Friday, we delivered our first harvest. We didn't have to go through the process of doing nothing. It was turnkey. Can I get an amen? Move to the next level. Instant increase. Can I get an amen? And so family, it's happening in our lives. We're living in this. And don't follow what I say. Follow what my faith has produced. It's easy for people to talk. What have you built? What did your faith produce? If you, there's no faith in that guy in what he's saying and what's evident in his life, don't follow him. But if I'm preaching the word and it's working in my life, then you can trust it. Can I get an amen? Mm -hmm. That means everything else I see is going to happen too. And there's some stuff been stirring in me for a while. I see stuff coming that we're going to do. And I just want to encourage you. If you are looking for a place to plug in and grow and God take you to another level, you're in the right place. Stay rooted and grounded and don't let the enemy bring division between those and those that are over you. Can I get an amen? It's the enemy's plan to divide and conquer. But God wants us unified together. God wants us unified in Him and together so that together we can prosper. Amen. And it's not built around money. It's built around serving God. Money is just a byproduct. I don't think you understand that. So many people are running after the dollar. 
But when you serve in the kingdom, the dollar is a byproduct of you doing what God's calling you to do. Because where God leads you, He will provide. Where Misty leads, she feeds. But where God guides, He provides. Amen. And so last week we spoke about the new covenant that we're in. That we're not living in the old covenant. We're not living under the law of Moses, the Noadic covenant. We're not under the Adamic covenant. We're not under David's covenant. We're under the new covenant that Jesus established for us, sealed with His blood. Every time we receive communion, which is one of the ordinances of the church, one of the commands Jesus gave us to eat the bread and drink the cup, and when we do so, that we're supposed to judge ourselves, that we're supposed to make sure that there's no division between us and members of the body of Christ. Can I get an amen? Because how can the, the, the mouth devour the ear and the eye devour the... You know what I'm saying? We are supposed to be in unity operating in love. And so you've got to check your heart. How's my heart with, with my brother and sister in Christ? Because we all belong to Him. Can I get an amen? And if parents don't like it when siblings fight, neither does God when His children have fights. Can I get an amen? It saddens and it grieves the heart of God to see His children fighting over stuff. What does God do? I'll take the stuff away, throw it out the window. You guys get your attitude straight. That's how Misty and I operate. I don't know how you operate, but that's how we operate. Put them in a t-shirt together. Lock them in the bathroom together until you sort your stuff out. Can I get an amen? But we will not have division amongst our kids in our household. Figure it out. Get it straight. And you cannot allow division in your life. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to bring division. And we're not going to allow it. And so when you take communion, you eat the bread, you drink the cup, you're fulfilling one of the things to remember what God has done for you so that you can access the promises of God. Can I get an amen? And everything that God has promised, He will fulfill. The Holy Spirit is a down payment. Look at someone and say, the Holy Ghost is a down payment. The Holy Ghost is a guarantee that what God promised, He will give you. And there's coming a day where we will get our full rights as children of the Most High God. There's coming a day where we will get a brand new glorified body. It'll go from mortal to immortal. We will live forever with the Lord and we will never die again. Can I get an amen? So good. But there is a real devil. Look at the person next to you say, there's a real devil. And we're in the covenant of the Spirit. Amen. We are not under the covenant of laws. We are under the covenant of the Spirit. When did this happen? When God sent the Holy Ghost to the earth in Acts chapter 2. Jesus died. He paid the price for our sin. Jesus took our punishment. He was the perfect sacrifice to, to fulfill the requirements of the law. Because we in our human weakness could not fulfill the requirements of the law by obeying the written word. And so Jesus came, the Son of God. He took on the form of man. He humbled Himself. He took sin upon Himself, sickness, disease, and all that of the curse. And He took our punishment in our place. And He died, and God raised Him from the dead. Say, Jesus is alive. Jesus rose from the dead. And then He ascended to heaven. He took a seat at the right hand of God the Father. With the keys to death and the grave. And if I get started on that, I'm really going to fall out. He took the keys to death and the grave. What does that mean? 
that anyone who is spiritually dead, Jesus has the keys to unlock you from spiritual death so you can come to spiritual life. Do you know that it says in the book of Matthew, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, he says to them, who do, who do people say that I am? Well, some say you're this, some say you're that. I think you're a prophet, you're a carpenter's son, you're just some crazy religious prophet. Everybody has an opinion of Jesus. And then he looks at his disciples and says, who do you think? Who do you say that I am? And Peter pipes up. He says, you're the son of God. You're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus looks at him and he says, wow, Peter, mega revelation, bro. You didn't get this from flesh and blood, but you got that information from my father in heaven. And upon the rock, upon the understanding that you know that I am the son of God, I'm going to build the church. Look at the person next to you say, that's you. And it says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now think about this. What are the gates of hell holding back? All the spiritual dead, all the dead. Death is holding back everyone that is dead in their trespasses and in their sins. And then he goes on to say, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom. What keys? The keys he has, the keys to death and the grave. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. God has given you the keys to bring people out of spiritual death into spiritual life. I don't think you understand what you got as a Christian. You have the authority on this earth to get people into the kingdom of God. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. There is nothing that can stop the army of God that knows who they are in bringing in the harvest of souls. So don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop preaching the gospel. And in this season, we're about to see signs, wonders begin to follow the believer in a way we have never seen it before. Can I get an amen? amen. And so we're in this new covenant that came when the Holy Ghost came. Because Jesus is seated with the keys. He's not worried. He has all authority, all power. He's given it unto the church. He told us that we can trample on snakes and scorpions. He's given us authority over all the power of the enemy. And by no means shall anything harm you or hurt you. Look at the person next to you. Say, you're victorious in Christ Jesus. Say, the devil is defeated. The devil is disarmed. He doesn't have any power. He doesn't have the power to overcome you. You're seated above principalities, power, spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, in God. That's your position. But we have to bring our mindset into the reality of where you're sitting. That's how, why you have to renew your mind to get revelation so that you understand your position in Christ. Yes, that position is available to you, but are you exercising and living in that place? And that is a process of renewing the mind. And if you don't take the Word of God and get it into you to renew your mind to who you are in Christ Jesus, the inheritance in the saints, the power of the resurrection... The power of the resurrection took you out from under the law of sin and death, the curse that Adam brought on the earth, where you were spiritually dead, not able to talk to God, had no relationship with God, had guilt, shame all on you, and fear of punishment. Jesus sends the Holy Ghost to resurrect you out of death and bring you into His presence into life. 
Are you kidding me? No longer living under the law of sin and death, but now living under the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And when the Holy Ghost comes on the inside of you, the fullness of God moves on the inside. There's no little Holy Ghost. There's one Holy Ghost, the power of the resurrection. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That same Spirit is in you. It's in you. The Holy Ghost. The third person of the Godhead. The Trinity. The one who was there hovering over the surface of the waters. And when God said, let there be lights. The Holy Ghost was there to bring order into the chaotic state of the world. That same ghost, the Holy One, lives in you. And when he comes on the inside, he doesn't come alone. He comes with a full benefits package. Because you get born into a royal family. You get born again. And you enter into a kingdom that you can see and know God and come before Him and see things your eyes have never seen, hear things your ears have never heard, and be able to tap into stuff that's never been put into your hearts. And if you are sold out and a worshiper and a lover of God, God says, I got stuff that I prepared for you. And all I got to do is speak it into your darkness and your life will produce things that you never imagined. Because the seed of God and the word of God is incorruptible. And it'll produce life and life more abundantly. Y'all are going to get drunk and high on who you are in Jesus today. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so when the Holy Ghost comes on the inside of you, He unlocks spiritual gifts in you. What are those spiritual gifts for? They're for you to serve the body of Christ. God gives each one of us a spiritual gift. They're diverse. There's all kinds of gifts. But He unlocks things in each person. Because as a child of God, not only do you have rights, but you have responsibilities in the family. And God puts spiritual gifts on the inside of you, which gives you a grace to serve people with love. And when you use that grace, whatever capacity it is, whether it's, it's helping clean, whether it's singing, whether it's doing media, whether it's cooking food or making coffee or welcoming people, when you use your graces for the kingdom of God, the Holy Ghost flows through that grace. And you feel energized. You you feel like you didn't do any work today. But somehow you're full of joy. Somehow you're full of life. Because you're using the gifts God gave you. And God is working through you. And the enemy wants you to shut your gifts down. And say, well, you know, I don't get paid for that. And you're being robbed of life. Because you're looking at getting money from the gift. Because your eyes are not on Jesus, your eyes are on yourself. And if you listen to this other lady, Pastor Selena, she was talking about greed. She was talking about being stingy. And that if you think like that, you're an idolater worshiping the things of this world. And there is no place in the kingdom of God for you. It'll keep you out of the kingdom. You won't tap into what God has for you when you have that mindset. And the devil wants to shut your gifting down where you don't lay down your life to serve. Because according to the Bible, no greater love has anyone than this than he who lays down his life 
for his friends. And when we lay down our lives to serve one another, that's where you see the life of God flow. So that gifting is in you. It unlocks in you. And guess what? In the beginning, when you start out with a gift, you're not so sure about it, but it develops, it grows into skill, and you become sharp. You become effective in doing things in the kingdom. And I tell you, when we use the gifts that we have for the glory of God, we get the favor of God. Because you've got talents and gifts that you'll use in the world to get a paycheck. But I tell you, when you use your talents and gifts for the kingdom, God gives you favor. And that is something money can buy. I tell you, one day of the favor of God is better than a thousand days of labor. Because in one day, God will give you what you tried to earn and couldn't do. Say the Holy Ghost. Living on the inside of you. When you get the Holy Ghost, whoo, you get a spirit of power. You get the spirit of love. And it's going to bring soundness to your mind. Because you have not been given a spirit of fear. That thing is gone. You have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. You are clear in your cranium. Can I get an amen? You are sober-minded. Say, I got the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost comes on the inside of you, you get the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, have mercy. These are God's gifts. And God will operate through you with these gifts. Mm-mm-mm. You'll watch miracles happen before your eyes and you'll just feel the anointing flow out of you. You'll see it happening. You say, this is not me. This is God. Wow. When the gifts of the Spirit flow through you, you get an opportunity to see God at work through you and you will be in awe of what God has done. Who knows what I'm talking about? Oh, prophetic word. You know, you walk into a room and suddenly something comes out of your mouth and the person starts crying and you're like, oh, did I say that? What? 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 Comes right out of your spirit. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You put your hands there. Jesus puts his hands. People get healed. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, the gift of faith. Healings, the working of miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. And one of my favorites, discerning of spirits. Yeah, sure, I'll tell it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let me tell you what I'm working on. I'm working on terrorizing demons. Yeah, I don't know if you're ready for it. Who wants to join me? All right, let me tell you how to do it. All right, this is how it goes. I was in the shower and the Lord showed me this. Matthew 8, 28 through 34. Matthew 8, 28, 34. This is Jesus now. When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Garadeans, two demon-possessed men came running from the tombs and met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? And I realized... When a son of God shows up with dominion and authority, demons run. Demons recognize the authority you carry. And they freak out and they say, "Ah!" 
Son of God, have you come to torment me before my time? Yes. That is why I am here. I have had enough of the devil and what he did to me and my family, what he tries to pull with his deception and lies and accusing me and trying to take me back into my past. Deceive me, lie to me, hurt my family, hurt my people. It is time the sons and daughters of God rose up in their authority and confronted the devil head on to the point where he screams in terror and says, ah, I am out of here. I realized, terrified. Because when the demons see you, they see the son of God. They see the glory of God. Can I get an amen? And you say, well, why are you doing this? Well, because the prophetic word that Elsebe gave me was this very word. And I decided I'm agreeing with it. I'm not going to leave it on the outside anymore. I agree that I'm going to show up with the fire of God. I'm going to show up in places and where people are tormented by demons and devils and demon possessed and have... have uh, addictions in their life that the spirit and the power of God is going to come and set the captive free. I'm going for it because I want demons to scream and I want to throw some fireballs from heaven. That's what I want to do. It's exactly what I want. This is what hell feels like and you're going to live in it for eternity. Welcome to the lake of Gehenna, the lake of fire. That is your destiny, you foul, stinky, evil spirit. You have tormented God's people. You have tormented children. You have tormented me and your day of reckoning is here because God has already passed judgment on the enemy and he is defeated. It's just time. So anyway, that's what my faith is working on right now. Let me tell you this story. The first time I encountered a demon. I got the Holy Ghost, so I'm not scared. But I remember, it was like 23 years ago. <clears throat> it's the time, first time I encountered a, a demon. Say the discerning of spirits. So when you discern a spirit, God gives you the ability to either discern a human spirit, an angelic spirit, the spirit of Jesus, or a demonic spirit. All right? And so <clears throat> I just moved to America. Missy and I just got married. And uh, my pastor said to me, I want you to come and receive the offering on Sunday. First time ever opportunity, say opportunity, to get up and preach the word concerning giving. And the same week that this opportunity came available. It was Saturday morning. Everybody say Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Um, actually, let me go back a week. The week before, I was like a Monday or a Tuesday, I was driving to work and I was working down in West Palm Beach and I left the house really early. Uh, Misty was in bed, I had left the house and as soon as I walked out of the door, she said she heard the front door open again. And she said, Nick, is that you? And then heard nothing. Then she heard something walking down the hallway towards the bedroom. And she lifted her head up and she said, Nick, is that you, baby? Nothing. 
She put her head down again, closed her eyes, and feels something walk into the room right next to her by the bed. So she opens her eyes and looks up. Nothing. And then something grabs her by the neck and starts choking the life out of her. She cannot speak. She can do nothing. The only word that comes up in her heart is Jesus. And suddenly this thing lets her go and it's gone. So my wife calls me like freaked out. We're just married. (laughs) Demons are attacking her. And she's telling me the whole story. So I was like, you little. I had some choice words for the devil that day. I said, you're such a. You fill in the blanks. I said, you're going to pick on my wife, a woman, when I'm not home? Like a little bully. Why don't you come pick on me? That's what I told the devil. So the next week, Saturday. So then the, the Saturday rolls up. I'm in bed. Misty left. She went to work early. She was working at Galaxy Aviation. She had to go in. She was working for that private jet company, and she had to go in real early. So I'm in bed in that state between being awake and asleep, that little la-la land. And suddenly, I feel something jumping on the bed. Yeah, on the corner of the bed. And I couldn't see it, but I could feel it, and I could discern it, and I knew what it was. And I said, oh, goody, the devil has come to harass me. (laughs) And... You know, if you hold a hose pipe, you can feel something flowing through it. But you know what I mean? In my spirit, I could feel it. I could sense it. And I knew what it was. And it looked like a little gremlin. That's the only way. A little fat gremlin with short legs and short arms. That's what it looked. That's what it sensed to me like. This little fat demon with short legs and short arms. And it was bouncing on the bed. And I felt it as I had my eyes closed. I felt the bed doing this. I'm like, yeah, finally, the devil came to pick on someone. So then I'm sitting there and I open my eyes. I can't see anything. I close my eyes again. And then this thing comes at me like light speed across the bed, like in a flash. And it's in my ear speaking in a demonic tongue. Something like that. And then proceeds to bite me in the neck. And at that moment, I stood up and rebuked the hell out of that devil. <laughs> and so that, that was the Lord showing me that I am not in a, in a natural battle. When I stand to minister, I'm not fighting against flesh and blood. But when you stand to minister, you are fighting the demonic realm. Can I get an amen? And the Bible says this. And we'll close with this today. It says, I got it here somewhere. I'm all over. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 12. It says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And family, I'm just here to tell you, you got nothing to be afraid of. 
But there is a devil that hates you. And there, are, there is a demonic realm that all it wants to do is see your life stolen from. It wants to kill and it wants to destroy. The enemy has no plans to do any good for you. He only wants to bring deception. He wants to bring lies. He wants to bring division. And he wants to bring destruction to your life. And in these last days, we need to be careful that we do not give heed to the teachings of demons and listen to seducing, deceiving spirits of confusion. And any time that somebody tells you something contrary to what God said, you reject that teaching. Can I get an amen? Because here's what happens in the Garden of Eden. Eve is there. They're living in the glory. And one day a serpent shows up and says, did God really say? And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to come and get you to doubt what God said. In that moment, you say, yes, it is written. It is right here. It is written. Or you know what? I wrote it in my journal. God said it. Yes, it is written. That's why you got to write it down. And when you tell the devil what's written, he'll leave you. You submit to the word of God, the hand of God, and you speak it like a two-edged sword, and you push that thought out. Because if you accept the thought, then he starts deceiving you into disobeying what God said, which will unlock chaos in your life. You say, give me another example. Sure. Jesus gets baptized. He comes up out of the water. The heavens open and he hears the voice of God. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Then the Holy Ghost fills him. He goes into the wilderness and for 40 days, the devil, Satan himself shows up at the end of it to tempt him. And he says, if you are the son of God. Same strategy he used on Eve in the garden. He thinks he's going to use the same strategy on Jesus. And what Jesus say? It is written. And I'm here to tell you, family, if you don't know what's written, then the enemy goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He doesn't have power and authority, but my people perish because they're ignorant. And you need to discern the thoughts that are running through your head. Do they line up with Scripture or do they not? And family, if we're going to build solid foundations, we're going to build solid on the Word of God so that we can discern every scheme and strategy of the enemy. Everything that, that comes out of people's mouths, we can judge it by the Word. You don't judge the person, but you judge their thoughts. And you have to take those thoughts captive and not let those thoughts exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. And that's what spiritual warfare is all about. The enemy's strategy and tactic is to come at you with thoughts, to get you, to buy into it, and therefore deceiving yourself. Say, I will not be deceived. And I will build my life on the Word of God. You opened up my eyes to so much more. I saw the same shadow. The moment you came down and hit the floor. My failure didn't matter. You, you made impossible, possible. You, you made wonder more than wonderful. You, show me all the wild things that I